All right, welcome to the Lincast episode two. We are calling this This Ain't Your Typical Fax Machine, but I think we will uh, work on that title for a little bit. So hi, everyone. My name is Elliot Fung. I'm one of your co-hosts for Lincast. Hi, everybody. My name is Tashani Pavanendran, and we're here with our guest, Krija Francisco. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. (laughs) Awesome. So... Uh, we decided for episode two, we would provide an update and have a conversation with Krija on what's going on in digital health. So Krija and and her team and the folks that she works with are very, very involved and neck deep in, um, in driving all the innovations around digital health. So, so last time in the first episode, we had Bruce here and we talked about the difference between health and social innovation. We talked about the really cool things that we can do to improve patient experience and to make things easier for us as we do our jobs every day. And what we wanted to do in episode two, quote, this ain't your typical fax machine, <laughs> is to bring Krisha in and talk about some very specific things that uh, that she's doing that's really going to make some big differences for not only what we do, but our, our patients. Okay. So Krisha, could you give us and our audience a snapshot of what you do some projects you're involved in and your involvement uh, with the eHealth Center of Excellence. Yeah, for sure. So I'm the manager of digital health and innovation. It's a really awesome, awesome portfolio to have. So our team works to solve basically any or which problem we can solve using technology and you know different innovations with process workflow etc so there's a few initiatives that we have going at any given time which is why our work is pretty agile with how we work together as a team so so yeah i don't know if that kind of gives a little snapshot of how we do things it's kind of the tip of the iceberg i could sit here talk for two hours about what we do day to day but i know i've got 15 minutes 15 minutes (laughs) do you want to tell us a little bit more about the e-health center of excellence So, like, who runs that? Where it is? Yeah, happy to. So, the eHealth Center of Excellence is what is known as our delivery partner as a LIN, and it's what makes us unique and able to accelerate at the pace that we do in digital health and innovation in this LIN. So, the ECE is just down the street from us, so if you ever can, go pay a visit. But it was started by uh, Dr. Mohamed Al-Arakia, who is also our Chief Clinical Information Officer slash my boss. Shout out to you, Mohammed, the best boss ever. Um, anyways, hashtag brownie points. Um, but but uh, what happens is the strategies that we come up with here within this office, um, our ECE is able to execute. Um, so we work very closely with them. They have a house full of project managers that specialize in this stuff, uh, business analysts, um, Ted, their VP of uh, clinical innovation um, and partnerships is someone we also work very closely with. So yeah, basically anything that we come up with that we need to operationalize and use change management to actually facilitate some of those behavior changes in the health system, ECE is the shop that does that uh, in partnership with us. So do other LINs have that as well? They kind of do. Not really though. Ours works really well and I know I'm biased when I say this, but I'd say that we have like the best delivery model and partner and I can say that. Uh, Like I said, I know it's biased because I used to actually work there. That's where I started (laughs) about five years ago, um, starting on a project called Quality Based Improvements in Care, Project Cubic, which has since grown, which is amazing to see. But yeah, I can honestly say that we we run things pretty well because they work so closely with the LIN. Um, Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned Cubic. Tushana, do you know what Cubic is? I do not know what Cubic is. Could you explain to me and probably most of the listeners what Cubic is, please? I'm happy to. 
So uh, Cubic was a project that we started, like I said, about five years ago at the Yale Center of Excellence. So it was myself, Mohammed, and um, Masood at the time, who still works at the ECE. And what we noticed was primary care clinicians were using their electronic medical records, or EMRs, you'll hear us refer to it as that, for things like uh, booking appointments. When really you have the ability and functionality in your system to do a bunch of other stuff that's gonna help you actually manage things like chronic diseases in your patient pool. So what we did was we recognized that there's a maturity matrix that clinicians can sit on with how well they use an EMR and how much it actually impacts the roster that they're taking care of at, their, at the time. So what we did was we designed tools and templates for two chronic diseases. So we started with CHF and COPD. Uh, we kind of did a roadshow, got into primary care clinicians' offices, and embedded these tools, showed them how to use it. And while we were there, we were also able to address, you know, their pain points. Like, what, what are you guys struggling with? Like, I had a clinician who said, you know, I'd really love to not have to sort through any time I needed to give someone a vaccination. I'd like it just to kind of pop up. Not realizing that that functionality does exist in your software, you just need to be able to kind of unlock it. So that's what uh, Masood and I did for a period of time. It's since grown into a much larger program, so they not only focus on chronic disease management and embedding tools and templates to be able to help primary care manage those specific populations better, but there's also the option to have virtual visits. How do I embed that into my practice? How do I get involved with telemedicine, telehome care, etc.? So there's, uh, there's now become a much more comprehensive menu of services that Cubic offers our primary care clinicians, which has been able to you know, have really great benefit across the system. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, what problems can digital healthcare and technology address in our healthcare system? <sighs> or maybe some projects that you've been involved in yeah. that have supported that. You know, we all know we use technology every day for everything and anything like I can order a pizza and I can see who's baking it when it's hit the oven when I can pick it up I'm talking about the Domino's app by the way guys you should check it out it's really awesome um, we are not sponsored by Domino's <laughs> although I'd be okay if they wanted to send us a coupon every now and then um, but we use tech in those little pieces of life and your health is definitely an area that it's not it's not as seamless or streamlined of a process to be able to use tech. And I think that digital health works to kind of bring down some of those barriers and address key process issues so we can get people to adopt technology where and when it makes sense. Well, I always, I'm always amazed that I can like order a roast chicken from Swish LA <laughs> or I can track where the guy is who's coming to fix my windshield. Yeah. And I can narrow down the exact time he's going to be there to fix my windshield. But I can't do the same thing in healthcare, which is far more important to me than ordering a Swiss LA roast chicken or getting my windshield fixed. Well, and I think that the like the key shift that's happened in healthcare the past little while is it is becoming and recognizing that it has to be more consumer centric. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that happen in the healthcare space you wouldn't tolerate if you walked into a storefront right. and, and you tried to purchase a shirt and they said, sorry, you're gonna have to wait a week and a half until you can get this t-shirt. That's just unheard of, right? But at the same time too, we recognize that the problems in healthcare are much more complex than what you would face in retail operations, for example, um, bar none, but people are no longer just passive recipients of what happens to them in their health. They're active participants. They wanna be involved, especially since we're putting more onus on people to 
well, track what you're eating. Tell me how many steps you took. And people are kind of looking at each other saying, do you do this? What do you use to do this? So I think we need to maybe spend some time over the next little while finding a way to harmonize all of our consumer-centric programs and products and whatever it may be so that it's easy for people to use and you're not overwhelmed when you go into the app store, you try to download something to manage diabetes and you end up with like 50 different apps that you could mm -hmm. potentially download. You don't know which one is best for you. Um, so yeah. So you touched on a couple things there that um, really made me think. So the first is Cubic aligns perfectly to our fourth strategic direction that we have at the Lynn, which is empowering clinical leadership. Absolutely. It's a great way to help empower our clinical leaders. I mean, that's something that uh, we are very passionate about here for sure. But the second thing you mentioned is around empowering the consumers of healthcare, so the patients, to be able to do more and collect more and yes. be more involved. So one thing that I know that you were very, very much involved with is that you were leading the the recent launch of CoHealth at, mm -hmm. at Cambridge, Cambridge Memorial. So do you want to tell us a little bit about CoHealth, kind of where it came, well, I know where it came from, but mm -hmm. tell our listeners where CoHealth came from and, and what it's going to do for patients at CMH. For sure. So CoHealth is one of those really uh, neat products or applications, sorry, I should say, that was birthed out of a very real need um, because someone had an issue with the healthcare system and they were bright enough to try to solve it. So Zach, the one of the founders of CoHealth, had an injury playing Ultimate Frisbee, I think it was at UW, mm -hmm. uh, playing at UW and ended up uh, breaking, fracturing his femur. So he was at uh, one of our local hospitals and was given instructions on how to take care of himself while he was um, you know, high off of his pain meds, which at that time, you're not gonna retain anything that's being told to you. So he went home and couldn't remember a thing that the nurse told him uh, upon discharge, tried to remember like, okay, how do I take care of myself at this point, ended up developing compartment syndrome, which the consequence for not addressing that quick enough could potentially be amputation. Thankfully, it didn't result in that, but Zach didn't want that risk to happen again to anyone in the health system, so they developed this really neat app called CoHealth. And what it allows you to do is before you come to um, a hospital, it gives you the instructions for the things you should remember to bring, the things you need to remember if you're coming in for testing. And then it kind of tells you what you need to remember while you're there during your stay. And after you're discharged, it also gives you really valuable instructions so you don't feel alone when you go home and you have to take care of yourself. You're empowered with this tool to remind you, oh, you should be doing X, Y, and Z by a week's time. It helps you facilitate those conversations too with your care providers for, am I on the right track now that I've been discharged from hospital? So we started with Cambridge Memorial Hospital. Uh, it made natural sense for us to start with maternity child health because the population that's gonna be using that application is pretty, you know, it's pretty safe to say that uh, new moms will probably wanna use their phone to be able to track some of the work that they're doing. Currently you're discharged with a binder, which you know I don't have any kids, but if I gave birth and I was discharged <laughs> with a binder, I think I'd freak out even more. <laughs> like, oh my God, there's all this paper. So it's a great way to replace some of that. Uh, it's just kind of at your fingertips for what should I be doing with my new life that I brought into this world. So we launched that uh, last week. Uh, which is really exciting and now we're working towards uh, creating content with Grand River Hospital on rehab um, but because we have shared rehab beds across the Lynn this is allowing us to facilitate some collaboration between Cambridge Memorial Hospital, Grand River Hospital and St. Joe's in Guelph 
So it's really neat seeing the hospitals kind of come together and standardize content together. That way there's some consistency for patients across our LIN. Uh, regardless of where you receive care, this is what you should be expecting as your experience. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely phenomenal. So great work. And for our listeners, if that story seemed familiar, Zach was one of the speakers at our uh, wellness day that we had back yes, in was. the spring. Mm-hmm. So um, for anyone who was listening to Kreesha's story and seemed to think it was familiar, that that was Zach Zach's story from uh, wellness day. So, yeah. We talked a lot about how digital healthcare and technology could help address problems in our system today. Just wanted to see um, your ideas on what problems can't be solved through healthcare and technology. So the biggest, biggest thing that will come out of my mouth anytime someone asks me a question like this is technology and digital health cannot solve bad process. So if you have a really cumbersome, ridiculous process and you think that overlaying soft a piece of software or an application is going to help, it's just going to enable a bad process. So people need to recognize that if you're looking to create enhancements, you have to start from the fundamentals of what that process is. Fix that first, lean it out, do whatever activity you need to do to make sure it's at a stage where technology adoption then makes sense to further enhance that. Um, So it doesn't just come in and it's not the be all and end all of um, solving a problem. It just enables you to solve that problem, which are two different things. So is that where the EL Center of Excellence can come in because they've got all the change folks there that can help you know manage the change process with primary care, et cetera? Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. The EC specializes in that change management piece that allows clinicians to not feel alone when they're trying to adopt something new. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day too, it comes down to behavior change. That's what technology facilitates, right? And you're only as good as how you can actually facilitate that behavior change. So. So a great process issue uh, that we have in our system, uh, when we take a look at what we're measured against um, against other LINs and what we committed to with the province, we committed to meeting some very specific wait times for things like hip and knee surgeries, etc. So can you tell us a little bit about the System Coordinated Access Project yeah. and how we've improved process with technology at the same time for our patients and clinicians? Yeah, absolutely. So let's see here. So initially when you would send out a referral, say for example, hip and knee, your clinician sends out a referral for you, it literally goes into the abyss and you have no idea whether or not someone's laid eyes on it, whether or not the information's complete. You don't hear back. um, And sometimes folks who feel a little bit more comfortable with the health system would call and say things like, hey, where's my referral at? And then you're told then, like three months later, oh, you forgot to put in X, Y, and Z information so they didn't process your referral. So it turns out you weren't even in waiting those, that mm-hmm. entire time and you also had no idea. So SCA worked really hard to solve that problem and we're solving it in pockets right now and eventually it's going to be you know, a, a great um, system that spans you know, multiple areas in the province. Uh, So what it does is it consolidates all of that information around referral, makes it easier for a primary care clinician to make those referrals. And you as a patient, as a consumer, when that info is sent off, you're empowered by knowing through your personal email, where is my referral sitting right now? Um, And it also gives you the opportunity to make some choices around where you wanna go. If you are waiting, for example, for a surgeon um, 20 minutes away from you, but the wait is 
let's say for example like six months long and you know if you drive a little bit further like 10 other kilometers it narrows down the way to about one month we've actually given you the ability to do that and make that choice yourself so you can get in quicker um, and it also gives you that choice as a consumer to feel more empowered to take care of yourself too so yeah it, it's a really neat neat tool the team at ECE that's been heading this project has been absolutely incredible uh, in doing it, and we're looking forward to what provincial expansion brings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does that what does that mean for patients here? So are we seeing a reduction in wait times? Are we seeing wait times being more even across the board now? Yeah. The specifics around wait times. So that's stuff that Carol would typically yeah. uh, head up. We we split the portfolio. Like I said, at any one time, we have multiple projects going on. So Carol's the one that would know the hard numbers behind that. But I can comfortably say yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty much out of time here. We could probably talk for hours on a whole bunch of other really amazing digital health tools and, and projects that are going on. But what we'd like to do is ask the audience and, and hear from you guys what else you want to hear about. So we challenged you last time um, and we asked, you know, uh, send us in some ideas. I'm going to ask again. So send us in some ideas of, of what you want to hear about, what you want us to talk about, some different interviews that you might like to hear from. And, uh, and we'll see if we can make that happen. So, Shushani, any, any last words? Uh, any just, parting words? Sorry. I just want to thank uh, Krija for coming in as our guest speaker today. I learned a lot, um, even though I've worked with you for two and a half years. So I'm sure our listeners have learned a whole lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So Me too. Thanks again for coming. Yeah, thanks guys. Happy to be here. And if anyone ever has any questions, like... This stuff is like the nerdy stuff that I love. So <laughs> come have a conversation with me about it. I won't be, I will not say no. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Krija. And thanks everyone for listening. And we'll see you on episode three, which will have a much better title. So thanks a lot, everyone. <laughs>